have this team making the playoffs and you got them sneaking into the wild card, but this team might fucking win the East this they year. They literally might win the East. Yeah. Like no, they this is just absolutely uh grown my ego uh towards hockey. Uh something where you you don't even know. Like I feel like I just know more about hockey than I do about football now. So watch out. Yeah. Here they go. <laughs> ESPN, get him a job. Yeah. It is episode 133 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire. It's your boys again, myself and Hayden, myself being Jevin LaFave. Hayden Barton, how we doing, my brother? How's your week been? Munch, 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 dude. Have I, 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 my week's been good, but I have to tell you, man, I don't think smart food, white cheddar popcorn gets uh, enough credit, okay? <laughs> It's the best popcorn out there. Oh, my God. It's so fucking good. I could have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The kernels didn't get stuck in my teeth every yeah. time I ate it. But Or you get that little fucker at the back of your throat, too. That oh, my God. Too. It's the worst. And also, but, um, the, yeah. you, get, you get, like, the paste on your fingertips, too, with all the from all the white cheddar. That's like that's like getting a piece of food, like, on your chin or something. Like, I'm saving it for later, guys. Yeah. It's a snack. Yeah, it's, it's dessert, right? Yeah. <laughs> the popcorn's the main meal, and the finger the finger paste is after. Exactly, it's basically ice cream. Yeah, but uh, what'd you get up to this past week? Well, um, I had a two team parlay bet, so one of sixty dollars. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I'll take you through it because I was golfing on Sunday. I did like a little. Uh, tournament at Golden Eagle, and that was good. Um, it was like a scramble. Finished minus seven. Winners were minus ten, so we weren't that far off. But holy shit, man! We started off on a par three, and we're like, okay, we don't know how these greens are gonna react, right? It was like a, a hundred and thirty yard to the middle of the middle of the green, and me, Duncan, and my dad, we all take our shot. Hits the fucking green, goes 20 yards past. Like, it was cement, man. Wow. Oh, my God. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, Brandon Goff was in that same tournament. No shit. Yeah, because I asked him if he wanted to come. Because um, on Saturday when we were doing the walk, he mm-hmm. uh, said so he was like, oh, let's watch some football together tomorrow. I'm like, I'm literally home all day tomorrow. I'm just doing homework. Come over whenever you want. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I'm just in a golf tournament. I'll maybe come over after. I'm like, Sunday night football is Chargers Chiefs, so that would be an electric game to go to or to watch. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he couldn't make it, but yeah, he was saying that he was in a golf tournament and that the pace was really slow and it took him. Oh, like... it was dead slow, man. A scramble took us five hours. Yeah, I was saying he t- it almost took him like over five and a half hours to do. Oh my God, it was terrible. But yeah. it was fun in the sense of like i've never played some golf like that and (laughs) you know how i use like my driver off the deck sometimes yeah 
Well, I couldn't shove my tee in the ground, so it was all driver off the deck, but I was piping my drives, dude. I think I had, like, one bad drive, and it was on, um, we were playing the north, so nine is now 18, right? Yeah. So, it was 18, and that was long drive, and of course, like, I put one out there, but it's along the right side, on, like, the tree lines, and I'm like, okay, well, I want to hit another one, since we got an extra shot, since we were a threesome. And Duncan hit one pretty good. My dad hit one pretty good. And I tell you, I hit this so good. And I was playing like a little fade. Yeah. But it hit like the clip of the tree and it just uh, died. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like, are you, are you talking about actual like 18 or like the ninth hole, but 18? Well, it's the like ninth last... hole is now 18. So like the last hole of the round was long drive. But for us, since it was a shotgun start, we started on 13. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So our, our fifth hole, which was 18, which used to be nine. <laughs> okay. I just had to make sure I was thinking about the right hole. But mm-hmm. no, yeah. The long uh, part vibe. Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. well, yeah. Scramble turnies are fun. Yeah, that was fun. So then after that, I uh I was like, oh man. Football's done. I didn't really make any bets the day. Didn't watch like any of it because I could care less about the Saints right now. So I, I this was my one week of like not giving a fuck. Yeah. And uh, then I was like, okay, I gotta put like a a parlay on. And so I had my winnings from last Monday, and I was like, okay, I'll put, I'll do a two team parlay. I'll do Kansas City to win and San Fran to win. Right. And uh, Kansas City barely squeaked out a win. And <laughs> I didn't realize it, but yesterday when I was getting ready to watch the game, I did an over 43 points. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> In the San Fran game or the KC? Yeah, game? the San Fran and Arizona game. And I'm like, oh, no, Colt McCoy is starting. Like, this yeah. could be bad and my buyout was 25 bucks and i was talking to my mom who has no football knowledge whatsoever i was like mom like what do i do she said i don't fucking know (laughs) it's like i don't care i was like okay i'm just gonna ride it out yeah and then when uh i was watching and it was like 31 10 and then george kittle man amongst boys yeah just skirted down the sideline and scored to get me the over. I was like, "Let's fucking go!" Yeah. <laughs> so my twenty turned into fifty six dollars, which was nice. That's fire. Uh huh. That's fire. Those late wins are beautiful. Yeah. And the Great Cup was on Sunday. Yeah. And Winnipeg didn't fucking win. I was. Yeah, but they, we'll talk about it. They had everything but a <laughs> kicker. It was on. <laughs> it was fucked, dude. That game was. It was a riot to watch. It was a pretty unreal game, yeah. But um, yeah, I did the sixty kilometer kind of the kind November of. November walk that my buddy Jaden puts on. Um, yep. To raise awareness for men's mental health. Uh, it's fucking. And awesome. um, it was it was good. We started at around two thirtieth, walked to town center. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part took about six and a half hours, and then. I had to stop there because I had the Coquitlam Express game later in the evening. So mm-hmm. if I had done the full thing, 
we would have finished at around I think they finished at like eight and the game started at seven and I couldn't do half of it because maybe I could have stopped at the pit bridge had I parked there maybe, maybe but yeah. it wasn't really worth it so I just went home at um at around like 12 but yeah my I'm just, my knees are still pretty sore um <laughs> but like it's weird like my left kneecap is hurting but i don't know how i like hurt that part of it um it, like it hurts when i like go upstairs like, yeah that's it's, fair it's like a piercing pain but it's like right over my kneecap mm-hmm. so like i'm i don't know what happened there um but no recovering fine it was a good decent week played hockey on sunday night so uh that was good got on the ice for the first time in a while and then just got my heart broken a couple times by the Canucks but or I guess just once but it was a roller coaster of emotions watching them but like it always is yeah um but yeah not too much just an average week school's coming down to the end for this semester so just grinding out some projects and assignments studying for finals it's a grind man but grind there almost there uh but may as well kickstart some uh, some hockey talk here. As always, we're going to start with the Vancouver Canucks, who went on, who had a winning week this week, uh, two and one. Kicked it off with Buffalo on Wednesday, with a five four win, um, in Vancouver. Did we talk about that last week? Was it a Tuesday game? Um, well, didn't we say like, oh, oh, yeah, we're like, they yeah. got blown out or something uh, like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and dead ass, I listened to that and I'm like, wow, we were almost like kind of right by that. Yeah. shit. We got up to nothing in the first 12 minutes of the game. Yeah. And then we almost blew the lead. We had that was we, crazy. Yeah. We had so little notes here. We had three, two goal leads and we won mm-hmm. five, four. Um, Ethan Bear scored his first goal as a Canuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bo continued to produce. He had three points that game. The guy's just nuts. He's swinging it this year. And Spencer Martin got gets another win under his belt. He's been solid this year. But yeah, I mean, Buffalo is just like it's always scary for the Canucks when they get up because it's like, oh, man, like I no just lead know, is safe. No lead is safe with them. <laughs> but no, they got the they got the win, and. Yeah, it was just like it was a stressful game though because of how many leads were blown. But no, definitely. But no, we still got it. Um, and then we welcomed L.A. Uh, we got a four-one win there. Uh, Besser finally gets in the goal column there a couple times. He had a couple goals. Pedersen scored a couple times as well. Yeah, wasn't it PDM Besser two-two? Yeah. Yeah. So like our big guys are producing this year, which is really good to see. But I mean, just everywhere else is a dumpster fire. I lost five bucks on that game too. Oh, did you uh, bet for LA to come back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and they fucking didn't. So you yeah. know what? I bought the Canucks to win. Thank you, or you're welcome, uh, Vancouverites. Yeah. yeah, but <laughs> because of that, Demko finally had a Demko game. He absolutely stepped up when he needed to. He made 37 saves, only letting one. He uh, he looked like his old self which was finally good to see mm-hmm. because we kind of just shut him down everywhere. I mean, like I was doing the express game that night, so I couldn't watch all of it. But from the most part, from what I saw, we just, we just outplayed them. Um, 
for majority Absolutely. of the game. And, and the funny part was, too, when I made the bet, literally like a minute after LA scored, and I'm like, I'm a god. Yeah. And then <laughs> Demko just decided to play out of his fucking mind, stop 30, what did you say, he had 37 saves? Yeah, I think he had 37 <laughs> saves. Yeah, and there. then uh, Besser actually, you know, decides to put together, and PD, who's just been fucking good this whole year you know can't really say anything bad about him so it's like yeah i didn't think they were gonna beat la <laughs> yeah i know I, I think that one would be close because they're pretty even but just with the canucks track record this year i didn't think they were going to but it's good to see exactly. him win and then um probably one of their worst losses this year mm-hmm. uh they lose to vegas Five four, my first two notes are we are so bad, like terrible. We let in, we had two goals against in forty nine seconds. Yep, and then three goals against in seven and a half minutes. Two separate times in the game when we had leads, we were up one nothing, then down two one, and then we are up four two, and then we lost five four. And one of the weirder instances was uh puck was rung around the boards hit the camera in the hole mm-hmm. of the glass knocked it off knocked the frame off vegas then went on like a few seconds later to score play challenge for a stoppage whatever goal was called back and i'm like if you are looking to complain about that that just shows how bad you are i know it should have been called whatever yeah it makes sense because there's something that was thrown onto the ice that should have been stopped, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, their defense was so bad. They didn't play to the whistle. They all stopped. And you just, like, you let in a goal that you shouldn't have. And it's just so annoying because when you're looking at that, it's like, just play defense and restrict them and do your job from letting them score. So it's... It's frustrating, but we got the call back. It's fine. All right, still 4-4. Whatever. And then they just score like three minutes later. And it's like yeah. all that for fucking nothing. Like yeah, pretty this much. defense is pathetic. We like Demko didn't help himself either. He let he tried passing the puck up the middle. Don't as know goalie, why. As a goalie, I don't know why you'd ever try to pass the puck up the middle. If you have no power. Literally, even especially when five Vegas players are in your zone, there he had he tried to pass it through three players up the middle. It's like, what are you doing? You're running yeah. the risk of a like you're a fucking idiot. Like Demko, yeah. I love you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to defend you, but I can't defend this. No, like you're... it was just a it was a dumb play. It's something you shouldn't have done, and it, like that goal is 100 on you. Because he let in a muffin right after, too. Like, there's a few goals where it's, like, some deflections. And I'll always give goalies the benefit of the doubt for deflections because those are oh, really hard course. to stop. Those are so hard to stop. Right? And then another one, Eichel was shooting it wide, and it hits off the player's shin pad and in. It's it's just unfortunate deflections that went in. But that third goal, or I can't remember exactly what goal it was that he shot it through traffic but is inexcusable like keep it to the outside out of like so that there's 
limited chance that something goes to shit. I understand you shoot it around, it hits a fucking stanchion and comes back out. It's like, okay, the odds of that are more slim than not. Yeah. But like passing it right up the middle when you're out of your net, you are running the risk of it going right back into the net or onto the opponent's stick mm-hmm. and scoring. It was just a really dumb play that he shouldn't have done. But yeah, it was just a really frustrating game or end of the game to watch as a Vancouver fan because there's so much they could have done different than just like there's so much they could have done better. And I know we've been saying this is sound like a broken record at this point, but it's so frustrating when it's like, you know, you are better than this and you know, like these simple mistakes that they're making is like turning the games into the opponent's favor. So that's my two cents on it. I don't know if you have anything to add to this, but it was just a really frustrating game against Vegas when we could have beat them. Unfortunately, I didn't watch uh, the game. I just saw like the Twitter updates. Uh, I was unfortunately busy, but <clears throat> you know it was kind of the same. It's it's the same thing, man. Excuse me. It's the seventh blown multi-goal lead this year in nineteen games. Yeah, like that. It's comical at this point. It's absolutely hysterical at this point. And the whole Demko situation, I get it. You're trying to make a play, but you're not Martin Brodeur, okay? No goalie I've ever seen other than Brodeur gets enough power where he can, like, flick it up. Like, yeah. I've never seen that from anyone else. No other goalie. Uh, you're not him. Yeah. <laughs> you're not him to do that. Like, you're, you're an amazing goalie, and you play the game so well at so many points in your life but like that one that's like a quarterback throwing it right into the middle of the defense when you're running crossing routes you know yeah <laughs> so like, like throw the ball wrong? away like throw the <laughs> yeah. ball away yeah so like, i don't know i don't know man like it's another week goes by another multi-goal blown lead like surely we have to be you know the best team at blowing leads so that's oh. that's good news yeah, hundred percent. They're the best in one category. <laughs> no, like the point of goalies playing the puck is to get the puck out of trouble and like not to put it right back into the fire. So it was just really ironic what Demko tried to do. It wasn't the right time to do it. Maybe if you're up five one with a minute left or whatever, or you have you're up by three and you're trying to go for an empty net, but like it's never worth getting a goal scored on you or running that risk. So I just don't think it was the right decision for Demko. It's You can't play hero ball in that moment. And like Rutherford legit had to get up from his seat and walk to the bar in the press box that he was in. It was so bad. <laughs> like this team is in shambles right now. And at this point, just like fucking trade everyone. Except like I, right now, I think... A report came out that the Canucks have put everyone up for sale except Hughes and Petey. Like, like everyone's like available, I guess. Oh my god! And they've explored some Horvat discussions, I guess. Which, like, I mean, 
in hindsight, is probably the right thing to do because he's going to be demanding too much money for what we can yep. afford. And he's tearing it up right now. He's like up at the top for goals. So I, it, I think it's the right decision to make. But uh, we should have traded Miller, but that's another story. And we almost traded Myers, which would have been a lot, which would have been huge because he's mm-hmm. been a disaster. He ever since he came to Vancouver, he maybe had one half like average year last year. But when you're making six million dollars, I expect better than average. And that's yep. the best he's given us is average. So and as you say, liabetic. Yeah, he's a liabetic. Um, <laughs> it was so funny. Eichel, like when they scored that goal that like banked off the shin pads, like Eichel turned Myers around basically. And John Garrett was like, It's uh there's not a lot of people that can do this to Myers. It's like, dude, Caulfield did this to Myers <laughs> and he's half a size. Like Myers just sucks. Like that was a dumb statement by Garrett. Yeah. And yeah, it was just hilarious. But I mean the Canucks are they like we've talked more negative than positive when they've had a winning week, but just the negative was so much heavier than the positive. So it's hard not to. I tell you what though, if the Canucks don't blow a multi-goal lead, I say this is a pretty good fucking week. Like, let's just say the Canucks lost. They were never up. We never expected them to beat Vegas. Right. But let's say, Oh, uh, the the tables returned. We fought back in the third period. We scored two goals, came up short to tie it at 5-4, right? Let's say that. This week, wow, we're yeah. really seeing some change. But it's like, you can't be up on teams that you shouldn't be beating and then lose to these teams. Yeah, my like, dad's... Because you, you do start off better, but then you just suck. Yeah. <laughs> My dad said it perfectly. He said, good teams don't blow leads. Yes. Or good teams don't blow as many leads as you do. Mm-hmm. Good teams figure out how to lock it down and hold leads to win games. Canucks are unable to do that. And first of all, get fucking Stillman out of the lineup. That guy sucks. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we roster him. There's Rathbone, our nephew, fucking anyone else. That can play better than Riley Stillman. I don't know why we have him in our lineup. It doesn't make any sense. Add another righty. It does. I don't care about which hand or which way the defenseman shoots. Stillman sucks. He's so bad. I don't know why we're playing him. But my dad is right. Hall of Fave is right. The man is right. Good teams don't blow leads. Quit being blinded by the fact that we have a decent amount of goals for and we're in the top percentile of um offense we can't hold leads and if you're like i can't even celebrate scoring a goal because i just don't believe that we'll be able to contain it so that's just when you're at that point in fandom it just it's miserable i'd rather be bad and know that i'm bad when we don't win games Mm -hmm. but the fact that we have this reputation or this image of us where we should be a competitive team and we just aren't. We keep underperforming and that is way more frustrating than just ha- being in the position of a Chicago or Arizona where you are supposed to be shit, but you're kind of doing decent. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So it's just like, it's so frustrating. I'd rather just pull a Buffalo and completely blow it up or Chicago completely blow it up and just 
build this from the get-go, but Aquilina won't let that happen, which is why we won't be successful under this ownership. We had a good run in 2011, 2010 to 2012, fine. But that's all, that's going to be the peak of this organization. We're poverty franchise, sell the team for fuck's sakes. Yeah. Thank I, you for I coming agree. to my TED talk. <laughs> and I got it for free. I would, if I was Akalini, man, you could sell the Vancouver Canucks for such a high price right now because they are a good team. They're just ran so poorly. You know, you get in um, someone who doesn't call out or cuss out your coach. Yeah. That is a bad image. I don't care if they were friends before. Like, that is, that just shows that you're unstable. Yeah. Especially letting it get out to the media. That's fucked. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) What a man right there. But (laughs) no, you like, if you just do any sort of competent move that gets this uh, team going in the right direction for defense wise and maintaining a goal two goal lead or a goal lead then i i really actually wonder what the stat would be is like let's say we got up to a two goal lead and just played out and maybe scored one goal i wonder how many games we would have won on the average of time that it takes them to score a goal like to blow a lead i wonder what the canucks record would be (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know the numbers behind that, but just from what I've seen, I just don't think we're anywhere close to competing for anything close to a cup, mm-hmm. let alone a playoff spot or wild card spot in a weak division. How many games do you know how many games this year that we've scored first? No. I might I think do, I, I might I, do uh, some investigating here. I think around half, but uh, let's move on from the Canucks because we got a lot of talking points I want to get to. Um, speaking of Vegas, Phil Kessel played his 1,000th straight NHL game a few games ago against the Arizona Coyotes. He unfortunately didn't get any points, few shots on goal, but a thousand straight NHL games, Hayden. How outrageous is that for a guy whose diet is Coca Cola and fucking hot dogs? <laughs> How unbelievable is that? Dude, though, that's pretty fucking unbelievable. <laughs> like some people games. Some people fight to play a thousand games in their career. He's played a thousand straight. Yeah. Hasn't no, I mean that's there's unreal. A, there's been, I know, at least one game where his wife was in labor. He dressed up, played a couple of shifts, and then left. Mm-hmm. I think it's if you play at least minimum of 15 seconds or you record a stat. In and then like at least 10 minutes like I'm not too sure the math on it but I know he left like after a couple shifts and one just dropped the puck went and hit like a uh, I don't know like a shot on goal or something like that and then left but nonetheless a thousand straight NHL games that is absolutely crazy so shout out to Phil the Thrill he's been yeah, he's been a pioneer of this league for many, many years. He's been like a f- everyone's fan favorite for a while now. So 
Shout out to Phil Kessel. Um, speaking of thousand, Bergeron uh, records his thousandth NHL point. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but it was, uh, I believe, often assist. He, he assisted Marchand's goal. And hmm. did you see that the Bruins cleared the bench for uh, Bergeron's um, point? I know you've kind of been um, off social media for a decent uh, bit, and we're kind of maybe uh, not catching some things. But um, did you see this? The reaction to it? No, I didn't see the reaction to it. But all I know is a thousand points in anything just sounds unfucking real. Yeah. So huge congratulations, especially the wear and tear that Boston has been on. Just so cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Matt, what do you think's? Hmm, no, I, I definitely say it now that I think about it. I was going to say, like, what do you think's better? Getting your thousandth win as a goalie or your thousandth career point as a player? Probably the the win for a goalie. Yeah. But, like, each milestone that grows and grows and grows, it's just, it's so cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Especially for the type of forward he is. He isn't like a prolific goal scorer playmaker. He's a playmaker, but he's a two-way forward, which means mm-hmm. he puts as much emphasis on his defensive game as much as his offensive game, if not more on his defense. And to get a 1,000 points in today's NHL is very, very impressive. Pretty unreal. And, like, he's been so consistent for so many years. It's, like, it's almost weird if he's not... um nominated for a selkie award like he's so consistent he's like like 80 points and just stellar defense at some point i would not be surprised if they change it to the bergeron award or something other than the selkie because frank j selkie wasn't even he didn't even play in the nhl he was a writer or some shit so like yeah they gotta they gotta change it to the bergeron award just because of how prolific he's been oh yeah it's been crazy so shout out to bergeron um, as much as I hate Boston and stuff, you can't not respect Patrice Bergeron. He's just, he's one of the few Bruins that I've ever liked. So shout out to him. Um, going along with the thousandth scene, uh, thousandth game point theme, Malkin, he scores in his 1,000th NHL game. His son surprised him in the locker room to read the starting lineup. And, uh, I don't know if you saw the warm-ups, but everyone on Pittsburgh mimicked Malkin's warm-up, what he was doing, <laughs> like his stretches and everything. Yeah, like that. I did. Yeah, 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 I did see that. They were lying on their back doing like the scissors or whatever with their yeah, legs. Yeah, the scissor legs, like, yeah. Imagine just being like a fan or like, I saw this a comment. casual. I saw this comment. It was like, imagine you go to your first NHL game and this is what you see. <laughs> like, what is, what the fuck? It's like oh. watching like a high school football game and seeing like all the football players do the warm-ups like yeah. as a team. It's like, yeah. oh, this is like weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it's like you're a new transfer to um East East High and High School Musical and they just start singing everywhere and you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, like is this normal? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't get this memo. No, but <laughs> it was an unbelievable scene. Um, shout out to Malkin. He's been one of the best Russian players of all fucking time. Easily top five Russian player to ever play this game. Um, just the he's yeah, he's been unbelievable all around skill. So um one thousandth game um scores. New Jersey Devils. 
Um, it is hard to find a power rankings list that doesn't have this team either one or two. They <laughs> have won 13 in a row after defeating the Oilers 5-2. Yeah. Um, they can make it 14 in a row um, if they win um, versus Toronto when this comes out on Wednesday evening. And let me just like read out some stats for you here. Um, six out of the 13 games, they've won by three plus goals. They have been outscoring their opponents 56 to 24. They have a plus 20 goal differential in the first two periods and 18 different players have recorded a point on this point streak ranging from Jack Hughes having 18 points to Brendan Smith having one point. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I would have, it would be a full episode recording what this team has done in the 13 games. And I'm going to give you your fucking flowers again, Hayden. You are the only one that I've ever heard have this team making the playoffs. And you got them sneaking into the wild card, but this team might fucking win the East this year. They literally might win the East. Yeah. Like they, this is just absolutely uh, grown my ego. Uh, towards hockey uh something where you you don't even know like i feel like i just know more about hockey than i do about football now so watch out yeah here they go <laughs> espn get him a job yeah uh, um there's a few more here vtech vanacek after a rough start allowing five in the home opener if i'm not mistaken this team was booed in the home opener they were they were um advocating to fire lindy ruff in the home opener after being blown out, and now they've won 13 in a row. They have they've lost two games since the home opener. But Vitek Vanacek in this stretch has been 9-0-0 with a 0.933 save percentage and 1.81 goals against average. What they're doing isn't unsustainable, or like it's sustainable what they're doing. They're not doing anything crazy. They're just young, skilled, fast. They they got everything. They got a solid decor. Their goalies are playing, stepping up to the level they need. And Hughes, Brat, Sharon Govich, other Viches. Like, they got players on this team that are coming to play. And they're doing it just, they're playing up to their potential. It's not like they're exceeding any expectations. They've developed this team the way they were supposed to. And now they're properly at the level where they're comfortable, confident, and they're just tearing it up. So like the New Jersey Devils, they are going to be scary for the rest of the season. They aren't like the old Devils where it was almost like a free W. This team is legit scary and just fucking fun to watch. They're like a no, like a new league pass team kind of thing. Like that whole phrase of, um NBA League Pass. Like this team is isn't really ready yet, but they're uh they're fun to watch kind of thing. They're a league pass team. Mm-hmm. That's what New Jersey is, except they're not not ready yet. Like they look like they're fucking they ready like to they're contend. Ready. Yeah. They're ready to contend. They're not just, oh, I hope we have the best possible season we can. Like, no, they're fucking out for blood right now. Mm-hmm. And I will not be surprised if they make a ton of noise in the playoffs this year because at this rate, I don't think this is a fluke. I do think they will slide their way into the playoffs for sure. But I've like I've taken enough of this. I want to hear your opinions on it because you are the fucking 
lunatic <laughs> that chose his team to make the playoffs, and you just look handsome as ever with the way they're playing right now. Well, <clears throat> I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm an expert on uh, the New Jersey Devils here. But you are. <laughs> <laughs> but let me say, man, if I'm calling this shot, um, this is honestly how I kind of see the Canadians' uh, path going in yeah. the next couple of years. Because uh, New Jersey has built a culture. They built a culture towards young development and it's just going to push it out and keep pushing it out and yeah they've suffered through years of absolute despair but you'd you'd give away or you'd take all that to do what New Jersey is doing now you know so to see them I didn't think they'd be this good I don't think anyone did (laughs) I thought the Rangers yeah I thought the Rangers would sit atop of this division and like I, I didn't think any team in the metro could possibly win 13 in a row. Especially it's so funny, like looking at um like I, I just have a page of the divisions brought up on Google and it gives me like their games played, wins lost, overtime lost, points, goals for goals against differential, and then last 10 games, just seeing a thousand ten zero and oh yeah absolutely insane <laughs> yeah it's yeah i don't think anyone had new jersey being this good I, some of them had them being competitive all that but this no they're like they're all for blood this year which is uh it's cool to see it's cool to see because they haven't been this good like since going to the cup final in like 2012 so shout out to them it's also really cool to see the pacific atlantic and the metro they all have the top team, like their differential is like uh, at least 20. No, it's 25 plus in each division, <laughs> except for the central who have the stars and the avalanche. But then even from like number two to number three, it's like 10, but like 25 goals against plus. Fucked. Absolutely yeah. fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of win streaks, the Blues have turned it around since we've last kind of shat on them. You called uh, it, man. Blues have won seven straight. Kairou is back on his, um, again, like he's back to his point per game. Um, in this streak, he has six goals, uh, no, two goals, six assists in his last five games. He's on a five game heater right now. Um, wait, wait, I want to bring up one thing. Did you see that reporter ask a Jack Hughes? Um, the question about New Jersey's inconsistencies. I did hear about it, but I don't remember how it go how it went. So four games ago, when they were on nine, when they won nine in a row, this is one of the dumbest questions I've ever seen a reporter ask. This question for a team in New Jersey's position. So they are on nine game heater post game. They asked Jack Hughes, um, "Have you had any thought or look back on how the New Jersey Devils can fix their um, inconsistencies throughout sixty minutes or something like that?" And Jack Hughes, with an all time reply, just says, "I mean, I th- we're on a nine game heater, so I think we're doing all right." <laughs> all time, all time reply to a fucking ridiculously dumb question by the reporter. 
You know well, what that, would... that you know what that reminds me of? Do you remember like that Travis Scott interview with like uh, that that one like um like Nardwuar? Like... Yeah. How do you keep your pants up when you're performing? Belt. Belt. <laughs> like that is a that is such a stupid question to ask someone. That's like that is purely you don't know hockey and you're trying to find something. Yeah. To it... pick out and it's like we're, we've won nine games in a row. What inconsistencies are you talking about here? <laughs> and why does it fucking matter? Yeah. Why don't you, you know, say, like, how do you have you, how have you kept this streak alive? Yeah. That's a better question. <laughs> like, what stands out to you to, like, what key parts of your game stick out to you to helping you win nine in a row? But don't bring up inconsistencies to someone who's on a nine game heater and they haven't stopped then. They're on 13, but. Anyways, um, I just wanted to bring that up because I, I thought hilarious. I said heater and I was like, oh, wait, I have to bring up this quote. I totally forgot about it. But yeah, blue seven straight. Kyrie two goals, six assists, the last five. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich won second star of the week. Um, courtesy of the NHL, 10 points in his last seven. Uh, Bennington has improved his record to 10, 10, eight and something, 10, eight and one or something like that. But blue seven straight. They're back on the wagon. Um, their back being scary to the team that they should be. I don't know what this team's deal is with starting off slow. Now their players starting off slow, but um, they seem to be back in the groove again. So, um, cool to see the, uh, the Blues do that. A lot of people were overreacting with them too. Um, like trade everyone, fire Barube, whatever. But I don't think that's going to be happening. Um, anything on the Blues? They're upcoming games are a tough stretch right now and uh if they like versing the sabers the lightning the panthers the stars the hurricanes the penguins the rangers islanders jets avalanche and predators like those are their next like handful of games some tough opponents there uh, yeah you got some pretty tough opponents. So if you make it out of that, like above 500, then I think you're that tells you maybe that this team is a, a last wild card spot sort of team. Yeah. If they come above that, you know, above 750, that tells you they're a for sure playoff team. If they come anywhere below that, then it just shows that they're just, they're not the team that we thought they were. Yeah. But I'm going to go on the note, and I'm going to say that if they're playing better, seven-game win streak isn't a stroke of luck. I think they can definitely prove a lot of people wrong and say, like, yeah, we just started slow. Yeah. No, Sorry about I, that. I think that's what it is, because <laughs> they have the pieces to play good. Like, Justin Falk is playing well as what? Well. Like, Tory Krug's playing good. Like, they have some parts on every level of their game, every level of their roster that's starting to pick it up now mm -hmm. and i don't think you could ask for a better position to be in going into that stretch of games than they are in right now you don't want to be on a five game skid going into that mm -mm. or just playing poorly and maybe 500 in your last six or whatever like oh excuse me nice um, I couldn't talk properly because I just had that in had my, it ready to in load my it. chest. But um, no, a seven-game heater is the perfect position to be in going into that game because you're just riding on momentum. You're playing mm -hmm. with what's working. Everyone's oiled up. 
So, um, no, Blues are back. Uh, Eric Carlson, just since we last recorded, seven points in the week, plus one rating, 15 shots on goal, five blocks, San Jose's 500, including a win versus Vegas 5-2. He has 11 goals and 18 assists on this season. San Jose's looking to trade offers for him, which is the right thing to do, but it's just a matter of how much they're going to retain because he has four years left on an $11.5 million deal. Like, you, if you're the Sharks, you have to sell high. Oh, you 100%. You have to sell high. Like, Eric Carlson is playing out of his mind. People are already saying, like, he's in the 100-point question this year, and I don't know if I disagree. <laughs> like he's on pace for 116 it's just so hard to keep up with that pace it is but like he looks so good yeah 100 yeah. percent. i think he might have a season similar to roman yossi last year where he might be in the 980 to 90 points mm-hmm. but like that's amazing is, still it's a defenseman oh yeah getting 80 to 90 and, points especially on a team like san jose where they're like they're near the bottom of the table but no nah, he is he is unbelievable. If you were a team trading for Carlson, what is the most you would most of his contract you would take on? Four years left. What's the most you would do? Take into age and the like you can't be certain he's gonna keep up this play. Depending on what his team like needs are like depending on what the team needs are man that's so tough obviously if it goes to trade deadline you don't take anything more than like a quarter of what he has left this year because like that's just the way you do business i'm not gonna say you take on half of his remaining salary because that's just so unreasonable but if you trade for him San Jose is going to want to get at least at least 75% of it of the contract gone so that they're not stuck paying an old motherfucker who's not even playing for them. It's just, oh, that's so tough. Because if you're the team that wants them, that wants to go on the run, that isn't so sure, like, how much do you pay? Yeah. <laughs> how much uh, do you retain? Because I saw, like, numbers from, like, seven to nine million dollars that he's worth so if you're trading for him he's making 11 11 and a half they're basically saying you hang on to three and a half to four million dollars of this for the next four years and we'll pay the last bit so what you're saying is basically right you're going to take on 75 percent of the contract san jose pays a quarter of it for the next four years and you get picks and a prospect from it Selling high on a 32-year-old defenseman who's back to what looks like prime Carlson. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like it's weird if he doesn't get a point because he's just playing so well. So he's, yeah, he's playing absolutely unfucking real. Yeah. Uh Jacob Chikrin makes his return for the Arizona Coyotes. This should start boosting or revamping some old trade talks that were happening last season. Um, he made a season debut against Nashville. He was dash one with two shots on goal and two blocks. Um, the last time he played was March 12th, where he had a foot injury and um, had to recover from wrist surgery. So 
that's all. Um, he's back playing. We'll see where he ends up. Um, Hayden, are you with me? I am still with you. Do not worry. All right. Um, do you have any guesses on where he might be traded? There are some talks about him going to Ottawa, maybe St. Louis. I was just about to say Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. Ottawa needs all the fucking help they can they get. They do. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it comes up. I think he's going to go to around one of those few teams. Um, but a few more notes here. Marion Hosa's number 81 was retired by Chicago versus Pittsburgh back on Sunday. He's a Stanley Cup champion in 2010, 13, and 15 after losing back-to-back cups in 2008 on Pittsburgh and then switching to Detroit in 2009 and then losing that Stanley Cup to the team he left. Think about that. Like, that is brutal. That is brutal. He signed a one-year contract in the prime of his career because he wanted to play with a loaded Detroit team, which I understand, because who wouldn't want to? Because he just played them, and he's like, I want to know what it's like playing with them. Play with them, got back to the cup final, lost to the team that he left, and then he's like, do you know what? Screw this. Goes to Chicago, signs like a 10- or 13-year deal, whatever. And then, lo and behold, the following year, he um, gets his Stanley Cup with Chicago, and then now he's an integral part of the dynasty. So it was more than deserved for to get his number 81 retired. Fortunately, he had to retire due to like a skin condition that he was getting from the equipment. It was giving him rashes and pain and stuff like that, to the point where he was only playing games. He wasn't practicing. So then he just kind of called it. But Marion Hossa, absolute beauty. Um, McDavid, did you see his overtime goal against Vegas? Yeah, oh, didn't he lose to Vegas? No. Search uh, it up. I'll, I'll go through it up right now. I'll go through notes. You search it up. I'll the. Yep. I'll I'll go through some more. Uh, Montreal Canadiens defeat Philly. Gold Caulfield is just on fire this season. Ties it up with three seconds to go in the game. The Bell Center is just proved to be one of the best arenas in the NHL and in the world. The atmosphere there is just unbelievable. And that Caulfield goal proved that. Uh, Montreal went on to win in a shootout. Thanks. I saw team. that tying goal by Caulfield. That dude, that energy looked crazy. Dude, how much did you say that the Bell Center can hold again? I think it's like eighteen thousand or something. Was it? Is it only eighteen thousand? I could be wrong. It might be like 20,000. Let me but, see. But it's on my bucket list to go to a Habs game because of that. 21,000. Yeah. And like, no matter the status of the team, they're always fucking there. Like, it's they always are. like, it's always close to being sold out. So that, that goal was crazy. Um, Colorado, they're, um, they're climbing the ranks this season after a bit of a slow start. But thanks to Alexander Gorgiev, who didn't quite get a fair shake in New York. Gets traded to Colorado and is not taking his starting job for granted. He is the he got his first shot out with Colorado versus Washington. He's eight two and one with a two four five goals against average and a nine thirty save percentage. I said it at the beginning. All he needed was a chance to play, and he wasn't getting that opportunity with Shosturkin. And I get it. Shosturkin is one of the best goalers in the world. I get it. But I mean, for a to get to evaluate a goalie fairly, you need to see him play. 
And if you're immediately calling Gorgiev shit or a bad trade for Colorado, whatever, how do you know if he's only playing 13 games out of 82? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just not fair for him. Out of his 11 out of the 16 games, he's 8-2-1, and and he's playing solid. And yes, any goalie can be solid against Colorado. But also, Mm -hmm. they're getting the wins thanks to him as well, right? Like no, there's, mul- there's multiple games he's getting over 30 saves and stuff like that. So he's mm-hmm. he's keeping them in it as much as they're keeping him in it. So Gorgiev just playing out of his mind right now. I agree. Is he starting tomorrow against Vancouver? Probably. That'll be good to see. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, funny thing about uh, Vancouver and Colorado. Uh, do you know what... It was a year ago, like three days ago. Um, we all went to go see the Colorado versus Canucks game. Oh yeah, yeah. How did that game end? Did we just lose? Colorado won three two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember but that the Canucks were up. <laughs> oh, what a surprise! <laughs> I remember that iconic seven six game. That was a crazy game. It happened like Besser's rookie year or something like that. It was unreal. Did you see McDavid's goal yet? Yeah, I did. Absolutely. Just the goal, t- the goaltender just looking like frozen. Yeah. <laughs> like, how At did the- that just go top 10 around me? At this point, are you even surprised when he scores a goal like that? It's just like, it's almost, no, just, like, it's just a goal for him. It's not even like a highlight reel. Dry Saddle just like, he went out of the blue line. McDavid goes like, was it Nurse? Yeah, Nurse had it, but Dry Saddle was on the ice, but. Nurse oh, I thought it okay. I thought it was oh, the announcer said dry sidle, but I guess I'm just behind or I was behind. But yeah, nurse just goes out of the blue line, passes it up to McDavid. McDavid blitzes through <laughs> and edges them out and then just goes, Boop. Yeah, top bunk. Like Smell yeah. And, and then yeah, and then the goalie's just like looking at it, he's like, Okay. How how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> how do I stop that? Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> like I'm fuck. supposed to have two defenders on this guy. I'm taking the only angle that he can do, and he beats me. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Um, last couple notes here. Kale McCarr gets his 200th career point in win versus Dallas. Um, Already? Jesus uh, Christ. He's the, fastest, <laughs> he is the fastest defender to get to 200 points. Took him 195 games. Um, uh, he, he's only 24. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's fucking gross. He's illegal. He was built in a lab. He's um, only gonna get better too. That is, oh my god, yeah. man. Uh, Bruins. Um, they beat Chicago for eleven straight home games, tying a franchise record. Like we've been discussing this entire time, they're just an absolute fucking wagon this year. So nothing surprised here. I didn't think they were gonna be this good, but they just they keep proving people wrong every year. And then some injury updates. I don't know if we discussed this last week, but I'm just going to reiterate it again just in case. Lion A is up on the IR with a sprained ankle. We did say that, yeah. Uh, Morgan Riley placed on LTIR with a knee injury, so that means at least 10 games or 24 days. That one was new. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury placed on the IR with an upper body injury. and Yep, that was great for my one fantasy game that I had with him. And Jack Campbell. As innocent as can be on the bench, takes a puck to the face, gets a broken nose. <laughs> he'll be out indefinitely. That's just how Campbell's season is going. Even when he's not playing, he's apparently Campbell is supposed to actually uh play tomorrow night. I'm pretty sure I saw that. I guess like if it's not like in 
they have face covering always so like maybe it's not as bad maybe it's like a minor fracture but he did he does have a broken nose so yeah yeah it does yeah it, exactly what you said he has a broken nose but said he's despite uh, uh Campbell ready to play for Oilers despite having nose broken all right well shout out to him um yeah. is that Canadian oh no he's American I think so never mind but that's all I got for some some hockey news is a heavy dose for you people, but a lot happened. So um, Hayden, um, hand it HB, toss it over to you for some NFL <laughs> news. <laughs> Pitch it up the right side. Oh, yeah. he's going, and he gets fucking blown up. Yeah. What a surprise. All right. Well, we're going to try something new this week. Um, right. The NFL schedule, it goes long as shit. And you know what? We don't need to talk about all the games because all out of them fucking suck. <laughs> and a hey, lot hey, of the hey. teams suck. Hey, hey, hey. That Patriots Jets game was so entertaining. I mean, it has a cool stat for it. That is the first time that um, only one defense and special teams has ever created more points than both offenses yeah i mean that doesn't happen points compared to six not counting extra point obviously because yeah. that's special teams but the defense slash special teams of the patriots uh special teams of the jets patriots sorry uh created more points than the offense of both teams which is absolutely unreal but you know what we will talk about your your game because obviously hosting the show we gotta we gotta say exactly how we feel, but we'll start it off with the big one. Uh actually no, you know what? We'll go into news first because there was a lot of fucking shit that went down mm-hmm. in the past week. Um Cardinals fire assistant coach Sean Krugler. Um maybe fired the head coach too. Like, yeah. <laughs> Cliff sucks. Um are are the Arizona Cardinals kind of like the Vancouver Canucks? No. Okay. No, uh, they they fucking just suck. Right. They purely just suck. Um like I I don't know how much longer Cliff Kingsbury is going to have uh for coaching, but it's not looking good. Cuz I just feel like you can't really defend them anymore. Like he just makes too many like errors oh. and he's had so many opportunities to get this team far but haven't been able to do it and i just no. feel like they're in the worst possible position to be and this is why i kind of related them to canucks is because both teams are in a weird position where they're in no man's land they're not good enough to compete for a super bowl but they're too good to be at the bottom of the league so it's like you gotta it's easier and probably better for the team to commit to losing so you can just rebuild it back up properly instead of just trying to put some band-aids on it to fill the holes in the roster. It's not sustainable. So that's why I kind of related to You know what? Arizona I will relate it to that because for the same reason that uh, the Canucks paid JT Miller way too much, I think they paid Kyler Murray way too much. Yeah. Because he's, what, four more years at, like, almost $50 million a year? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's not getting anywhere close to that this year. But, obviously, next year and the year after, incentives keeps rising and rising. Yeah. He's just going to make so much money for such an average quarterback. Great athlete. 
I'll say it. I'll always say great athlete, mid to below average quarterback. Yeah. And it, like, okay, yeah, you have DeAndre Hopkins. But like Cliff Kingsbury, man, why the fuck did you let Eno Benjamin go? I, I just, I don't get it. They make stupid decisions. They fire the assistant coach. On scapegoating him. Yeah, it literally is a, yeah. a scapegoat. Yeah. Uh, Rams, surprising, shocking move. Daryl Henderson has been waived. Uh, kind of a shocker because also Melvin Gordon yesterday was waived. Two big running back names on the market for teams who I'm going to bring up Buffalo because holy fuck. Um, what the point was the what was the point of trading for Naeem Hines? Like they, they, I think his snap share is below five percent for the past three games that he's been there. That's ridiculous. I understand the first week of like trading for him because he doesn't of understand course. the playbook, but he you his job see week three a little bit, you know, more. You can because with a player like Naheem Hines, you can limit his role to his strengths so that he only needs to learn a quarter of the playbook. Like you don't have yeah. to bring him out for pass blocking and what uh, routes to run us up. Play him in screens. So you just fake like you're blocking and pop out for a screen. That's not hard for him to learn because the rest no. of the team knows it. Exactly. He's like he, play to his strengths, which doesn't have to be the entire playbook. That's how you limit a snap share. Don't mm-hmm. limit it with just going up for a pass block and then running a route that you're never going to intend to throw him to. You want to no. get him in the game. That's exactly. why you traded for him. You didn't trade for his pass blocking ability. You traded because he's a good receiving back and you need that in your offense. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. And the shocking part is like they gave up a draft pick for him too. And it's like, why would you give up a draft pick for him when James Cook, brother of Dalvin Cook, is looking amazing now. Yeah. Like against the Browns defense, 11 rushes, 85 yards. Absolutely insane. Yeah. He's coming so, into his own now. Exactly. So trading for him just kind of seems stupid. But now, yeah, you get Daryl Henderson and Melvin Gordon both on waivers. I, I know Gordon's had his fumbling issues and Henderson is a bit of a smaller back, but both are very, very interesting names to throw out into a conversation uh, for potential Super Bowl running teams. Yeah. So I I never really understood Daryl Henderson's role on L.A. I don't get Sean McVay. I didn't think I Daryl Henderson's a good running back, but they would always judge him on like his first rush of the game. If it was bad, they wouldn't play him for the rest of the game. But if he had, if he broke out like an eight yard run, they'd maybe give him more carries. Dude, that's just the Ram system, man. Like, it doesn't make sense. It's the same thing with Cam Akers and their new, like, uh, third round running back that they drafted this past year who looks like he has juice. Yeah. You know, but it's like, wh- where was the attempt to trade? Akers or Henderson at the deadline. Yeah. Like if you're just gonna drop him or wave him, I just don't get it. I don't they get it. They could have gotten like a fifth or something. They could have got something. Literally, for him. you have no first round picks for like the next four years, man. You need something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um Panthers. Who have... has sorry to interrupt you? Who has oh, LA's first round pick this year? Detroit. Is it Detroit still? Yeah. Ooh, Detroit's feasting off Detroit, of that one. Right oh now. my god, Detroit is they could have two top ten picks. Yeah, that's beautiful. And they Absolutely. better 
pin it to the defense. <laughs> oh, dude, they have to. Like yeah. it's either that or like one of those top two picks has to be a quarterback, of course. But you also need to like spend up. Like your second probably needs to be defense. Yeah, you like, know, like you have running back pieces. You have Jamison Williams who is coming off of he's practicing uh, the, now. He's practicing. Yeah, he's practicing, which is huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge, but Jared Goff is not the long-term answer. No, your defense. Uh, Jeff Okuda is a baller. Aiden Hutchinson, uh, making defensive rookie of the year uh, nominations. He's playing secondary. He's playing secondary and D line with those fucking interceptions he had. Dude, that interception that he had, it's crazy, <laughs> was absolutely insane. Yeah, absolutely loved it. But um. Back to it. Panthers named Sam Darnold to start in week 12. Uh, it just shows you what? Forgot he was on the team, not gonna lie. Um, uh, yeah, almost. It just shows you how <laughs> bad Baker Mayfield is. Yeah, he's yeah. I'd try to defend him this year. Maybe he'd have a chip on his shoulder, but even when, when healthy, you get he beat out can't. by Sam Darnold, man, it's it's tough. I know it's the Carolina Panthers, but PJ Walker did something, okay? Yeah. Um, Kenny Pickett uh seems to be the starter going ahead, mm-hmm. which doesn't yeah doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me either. I don't really think he's like great, but he's not the answer. But he's a good four year stopgap. Yeah, <laughs> he's just gonna be like a Jared Goff, I think. Yeah, I see that, that kind of route going for him. If they don't do anything to help the offensive line. Yeah, I just don't know. And Deontay Johnson might not even be a Steeler next year because of how bad it could get. And Deontay Johnson is a great player. Like, I just, yeah, yeah, a lot of things this year are really setting me off. But that being said, let's get into week 11 (laughs) of the NFL. Um, Did you want to get to the Rourke news now? Or did you want to talk about that later? Let's do that. Let's talk about all the CFL stuff and finalize that. CFL officially done. Uh, I thought I was pretty confident with the West winning. Um, Toronto, Andrew Harris revenge game. Yeah. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, the starter for Toronto, goes out. Chad Kelly, of all people. What happened to Chad Kelly? When he, like, went to court or something. I couldn't find it on the internet on, like, what struggles he went through. Honestly, I don't even know. I, I've never even really heard of Chad Kelly before in my life. He was I don't like know a, his whole life story. Because he was, like, a prominent in college and stuff like that. And he got some shares at the NFL. but And something happened to him where a lot of people were defending him and happy for him. But, I, like, he deserves it. And like Sean Oakman on Toronto, he got the great cup yeah. after everything he went through. Yes. And I just I, I knew about Sean Oakman's story, but I couldn't um find Chad Kelly. So I was wondering if you knew, but I, I never really have heard of it, mostly because all I knew about was McLeod Bethel Thompson. But yeah, he went down to injury. Chad Kelly comes in. And I mean, how could you not be happy for Sean Oakman then? Yeah. Like he obviously went through something I don't ever want. Ex- explain it for people Ever. who don't know if they uh, if they haven't um, give a, a of, quick synopsis on uh, what happened with Sean Oakman. Will do. A lot of rape accusations against football players are very prominent these days. 
Um, obviously, you want to believe the victims, but in a case as the Sean Oatman case, it really puts a question to it, which really hurts women who are actually trying to fight for something, and it hurts the men who are actually decent human beings. Yeah, Sean Oatman was a victim of a false rape allegation, and he was sentenced to four years in prison as a 19-year-old. Um, he looked like he was going to be the next Jadavian Clowney, the next, or the before Miles Garrett, like an absolute beast. There's a perfect meme picture of who Sean Oakman is. If you just search up Sean Oakman Baylor, there is a nice picture of seeing his six pack. <laughs> yeah, you doing a coin flip. <laughs> yeah, you probably saw the meme going around not knowing who Sean Oakman is. And as soon as you see it, you'll be like, oh, that's who it is. That's who it is. Yeah. yeah. And so, obviously, he was sentenced to prison. He gets in there. I think it was only for uh, two or three years, but two or three years changes a human being. And then one day, the woman just came out and said, like, yeah, I made it all up. Uh, As I know, uh, that woman has not been put into prison, which I think if you make a false, if you make a false rape allegation, you should be thrown in prison for being a shitty human being for like, their no... for the same sentence yeah you're exactly. sentenced to four years and you made it up you should be sentenced and serving that full four years definitely a hundred percent but the, uh, unfortunately the judicial system sucks ass there's no charge that can be pressed that is in that type of like <laughs> way i just yeah she is whoever this person was uh, whoever this person is, absolutely terrible human being. Fuck you, Sean Oakman. You're a fucking baller. Yeah, so like, happy for him. So to happy say that he was. I, I, because I, I knew he was in the CFL. I just didn't know he was on Toronto. And I saw the news that he was on Toronto and he won the Great Cup. I, I was really happy for him because I'm pretty sure I told you that earlier this year. I, 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 I remember you telling me. I couldn't remember what team mm. you said. Yes. Um, okay. But. Yeah, I'm I saw that and I was like, if anyone deserves a ring in football and a second chance, it's, it's that open. guy. Because he was supposed to be a big deal in the NFL, but that jail sentence and that tag against him obviously hurt his stock and everything going for him. Of course. Obviously. But when you're in jail and yeah, like I made it up, he's not gonna get that opportunity back. No. No, he never does because the NFL doesn't want anything to do with him now. Yeah, so, like, it was good to see him win and, like, have, like, he has something to cheer about now. And it's just, it's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, But, yes, uh, Toronto wins. Amazing season. Great way to end it. Uh, Halftime show, the halftime of mid. Uh, I'm not a big country guy. I didn't didn't mind it, but... All I knew was just Cruise. That's yeah. the only song I knew. The rest of it, it's like I I just hope Vancouver has like a better after show. Yeah, it's it's hard for open um top stadiums to have good music because it just doesn't bounce off anything. So it's hard to get good sound. So and I'm and BC places probably going to be any better no it's probably not because it's so open might be worse yeah but you know what um i'll take the lumineers and the arkells 
of last year's Grey Cup because, like, they Arkells were really good. Arkells they were great. <laughs> and I love, obviously, people will complain. It's like, oh, it's so hard to get Canadian people. Well, no shit. You don't promote anything. You don't try yeah. and get anyone. If, like, I could actually see Amar Doman, Vancouver uh, chairman, basically. I could see him trying to go for um, past Grey Cup performers, Nickelback, because they're still rocking. They're still dude, rolling. If you want with an album on Friday, dude, you will sell out the Super Bowl with their halftime tag alone. Oh, easily the Super Bowl, let alone the Grey Cup. You, you could know? say um, uh, Nickelback performing coming to Vancouver. Without even telling people it's the Grey Cup, and they will fucking sell out BC Place. And then they'll yeah. be like, oh, it's a football game? And they're performing. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. We get a football game with this concert? Let's fucking yeah. go. <laughs> Dude, Nickelback. I would go to the Grey Cup just for fucking Nickelback. Nickelback is a great Dude, time. I want to buy season tickets that year specifically to go. Because you get Grey Cup tickets when you go. Like, obviously, you pay for them. Yeah. But you get them at a way better price. And it's yeah. like, I would... 100% pay for them. And if you want concession sales and like beer sales, Nickelback is the way to go too. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, now like what you alluded to, the Nathan Rourke news. Uh, this which I think kid, came out what like a day after we uploaded or uh, literally like yeah, the day we uploaded. The day or we uploaded, yeah. Uh, Adam Schefter, per Adam Schefter, BC the boss Lions. man. <laughs> BC Lions quarterback Nathan Rourke is already turning heads in the NFL and I have come up with a list that could use him um for any which position or any which like play style you want because why not if you're a, a team that doesn't have an answer at quarterback why not take a shot on a kid who's not even going to put you up against the cap yeah, like um, people compare his play style to Burrow. Maybe not talent level, but play style. He can scramble if he needs to, but he slices defenses up from the pocket. Exactly. Uh, so with that being said, here is my list. Atlanta Falcons, potential starter. Carolina Panthers, potential starter. Chicago Bears, no. Arizona Cardinals, not with what they've done uh, with quarterback. Dallas, no. Detroit, yes. Green Bay, backup. L.A., backup. Minnesota, backup. New Orleans, starter. New York, starter. Philadelphia Eagles, no. Uh, Jets or Giants? Oh, the Giants, sorry. I mean, both. Both yeah. New York teams. But we'll, no, get that... into, we'll get into another fucking part because how much I defended a guy. Uh, San Francisco, uh, with the Trey Lance, it's, it's too questionable. I wouldn't do it. But Seattle, he, with the way Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing, Rourke kind of fits the way Jimmy plays as well. And like pretty much. So like, and I don't think do it, it would hurt because he's younger. Yeah, so. I, I don't think it would be a really good play to he'd be like a kind of like a Sam Ellinger where he would play up from a third string. And then once kind of Jimmy go, it'd make Jimmy more expendable. You got a younger Jimmy in there. Yep, he plays well, whatever. You got him to come in for Lance. Yeah, I mean. Who knows, right? Yeah. But I feel like if it was Rourke, I know the type of guy he is. He'd probably want to play for a team that he can start for, regardless of where that team is in, like, power rankings. And San Fran, 
they're like top five right now because yeah. they are playing amazing. Uh, Seattle, that could be a great destination because he's so close. Uh, and I feel like people from Seattle are like the same with people from BC. They both like, oh, if I had to cheer for a CFL team, it'd be this one. Yeah. And Canadian people would be like, oh, if I had to cheer for an NFL team, it'd be this one. Yeah. Uh, Tampa, potentially with Brady on the way out. Backup kind of thing. Backup, yeah. And Washington, backup, maybe starter. Yeah. I don't, I think they're riding the high off Taylor Heineke. They're definitely and, riding the high off And Heineke. Wentz is going to be on the way out on his like, third team in three years or some bullshit. Yes. So it's like that, yeah, that's a different conversation. But no, there's a, Indeed. There's a lot of teams that could use Rourke's and that's just the and or that's just the NFC. <laughs> like I, I I know the AFC is a lot more quarterback uh friendly uh and a lot more quarterback heavy. Well but... let me hey let me let me run through some of the AFC teams and I'll give you my opinions here. Okay, yeah, do it. Broncos backup. Backup. Raiders backup. Backup. Chargers no, eh, I don't think so. They're they're logging um, with Herbert. Yeah. Uh Chiefs, no. No. Texans, yes. Yes. Starter. Um Jaguars backup. I don't know about Trevor Lawrence, though. He's pretty young. Hasn't Agreed. played. Colts, holy fuck, yes. Yes. Uh Tennessee. Yes, but Malik Willis is still young. They still probably want him. Yep. But, I mean backup. He's not sure fire though. Steelers, anything at this point. Yep. Uh, Browns probably not because they just gave two hundred fifty Watson. to Watson. Cincy no. No. Nope. Maybe backup. Baltimore no. It's not nope. the right play style. The Jets yes. Yes. Um, Patriots yes. I would. Yep. I'd bring him in. Why not? Like Mac doesn't seem like he's the answer right now. Uh, Bills no. No. Nope. Maybe backup, but probably not. And then Miami, if anything, nope. it'd be backup at most, but. Um, yeah, probably not. So, like the AFC is more backup roles as opposed to the NFC, but there's still some teams where who are on the fence who wouldn't mind looking at him because Definitely especially not. New England, Zappy and Jones haven't really shown like okay, yeah, this guy's the future, and yes. maybe work just comes and does a lot more. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah I... I'm really excited to see because it, it was like. Right after they got eliminated, that was right like, after he's going for tryouts next <laughs> week. It's like, holy shit, I was maybe expecting the end of the year or something like that, or whatever. And but like, tryouts no. for him start tomorrow. That's so like, exciting. I, I am so excited for this. I'm so fucking pumped. Yeah. And by tomorrow, I mean today because that's when obviously we're releasing this. So, yeah. uh, news could break anywhere that he'd be practicing for a certain team. So, yeah. I'm excited to look for it. I'm excited yeah. to watch out for it. But all right, let's get into week said, eleven. Let's get into week eleven. Week eleven. Um, I mean, we'll start with Thursday night. Yeah, let's talk uh, about let's talk about prime times and kind of notable no, um, notable games um, that agreed. happened. Uh, Christian Watson, amazing to see him coming into uh, a potential wide receiver one role because Rogers looked like he's pissed, and Derrick Henry. How can you stop this guy? <laughs> yeah, I um you corrected me on I was like maybe fade him this year, but he's just um you can't fade the king. You can't fade the king. You're correct. Can't Ride him, him like Tom Brady, bro. Exactly. <laughs> um the next uh, like that's all you can really say. Yeah. The Packers beating Dallas 
I don't know how. There, there's no thing. There's no way to explain that because I think the, I think the Cowboys could literally murder the uh, the Titans, and then the Titans do that, but yet the Cowboys lose to Green Bay. I saw this I one know. tweet and it was like, for once, Mike McCarthy helped Green Bay win. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was an all-time tweet. That was a good one. Yeah, no, I I saw that too, and I was like, oh yeah, that's. Uh-huh. Nah. <laughs> uh your Patriots um beat the Jets, but wow. In the last 15 seconds. Yep. And I think the biggest news to come from that is I'm I might officially be off the Zach Wilson train after Dude, his that... comments that he made. Oh my god, what a fucking idiot. I've stood up for this guy. I have said like he just needs to. He just needs to flourish. He has the pieces. He has people. He has players. Bro, you got to take accountability for how shit you played, man. You didn't throw for over 100 yards. Your average play per, uh, your average yards per play were measured in inches, man. Like, you, and to say no after being asked the question, if you think that you let your defense down, bro, your defense held the Patriots to three points. No, you that is a that is a joke. But I will say the comments made by Booger McFarlane on Monday Night Football. Did you see that? I might have. Booger McFarlane said that he Zach Wilson has never had to take accountability in his life because he comes from a rich white family. Now, Booger McFarlane, don't make this about race. Okay, this this is not this is not how you want to play this card. He has to take accountability because of his fucking actions. Yeah. Maybe he's not had to take accountability more than like a lot of other people. Yeah, but that doesn't you, you can't base it off of because of his uh his racial status literally, and how he grew up. I don't like, want to go too deep into this, but literally if the opposite thing was said. Oh. If Steve Young said that about like a young black know, kid about Jamarcus Russell, because yeah. that is who people are comparing Wilson to right now, bro, flame the earth. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so it's just, yeah, it's just the principle. Like you can't say that, man. No, but, no. And that's just such a bad, that's just at least such a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. For knowing of who Booger McFarland is like, he's a great, great analyst and that was just one of the shittiest things i've ever heard him say yeah he was a walking soundbite when he had his old job like he would he was hilarious mm-hmm. it's like it's a first and 10 so like the team has to get 10 yards to make another first down it's like, <laughs> like he would say shit like that and it was just like all right thanks for nothing but that was it was an out-of-pocket statement that he said and it should like it it's not really you can't say that on live tv you can't you just can't say that so but I mean, no. Zach Wilson, he in the eight weeks he started or whatever, he's had four passing touchdowns and Joe Flacco had five in three weeks that he played. Like when you're looking at Flacco, who was in the Super Bowl in 2012, to be competing more than what people said, people said, sniff, sniff, and like pointing over to you, <laughs> to be the first overall pick in the draft. Yeah. It's just like, you have to take every cent, every pound 
of accountability. And I think this is the difference between uh, where he where he is now and where he could be. Let's say he made a comment about how when the Jets beat Buffalo. Excuse me. Look at what Josh Allen said. <laughs> he says, you know, it's hard to win when your quarterback plays like shit. He's calling himself out. He's yeah. taking accountability. And Allen didn't even have that bad of a game. Yeah. Like, he still provided somewhat, like, decent offense. You provided nothing. Yeah, I think it would Nothing. Do, what did he run? He threw for, like, 77 yards or some shit? 77 yards. Yeah, that's brutal. And you, you missed wide open people. You completed nine passes, man. You complete nine passes, there's something wrong. Like, did you get injured? No. What the fuck happened then? Joe Flacco wins this game. Yeah. Joe Flacco hits the targets that he needs to hit. And I sure hope to God, if Jet fans, if Jet fans need uh, or feel the need to like say, what do we have to do to win? Y- you gotta hope that Salah actually commits to saying, yeah, Wilson's job is up in the air and Flacco starts because at least with the, with the Joe Flacco-ness, you got like fun wins. Yeah, yeah, you got bad losses, but you got a fun couple of wins. <laughs> well, Salah did come out and say that he hasn't committed to Zach Wilson for next week. I know, I know. I'm so. saying like I hope like they have to hope it comes to fruition. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Because, uh, like, did you see that video of the Patriots posted? They were um, filming like Jets fans, and they're like, "Do you have anything positive to say about Patriots or like the Patriots or Patriots fans or whatever?" and the oh, first people were like the first thing. people were like the fans in the sands, and they're like, no, no, no. And they play the Zach Wilson clip, and he's like, No, no. It was fucking <laughs> hilarious. And people in the comments uh, were like, not the Zach Wilson clip. Dude, <laughs> was, that's fucking hilarious. Was, and honestly, there were some Jets fans that like they uh they said some nice things about them. They were like, I respect their greatness. I got their defense is really good, like their coaching is unbelievable. Like they had actually I've a lot of Patriots fans were like, that's a good Jets fan. You don't see those often. Yeah. No, that's... Uh... Just like the cameo of Zach Wilson in that clip. Who, it was it was comedy. Yeah. It was comedy. Yeah, no, I, but... I'm officially off this Zach Wilson... Uh, this Zach Wilson, like, quarterback one status. After that comment that he made, I, I just... I can't. I can't... I can't say that I support someone who doesn't take accountability for can't defend him anymore. No, no, you can't because if he can't do the simplest thing and say, yeah, it's my fault, then I can't trust him to lead me down a drive. And if he throws a pick and he says it's not his fault, no. Yeah. You have to take it on the chin and be a man. Like, yeah, you fucked him, you fucked a mom. But this is this means more to football players. So, hundred percent. Patriots get the squeaky win. Yeah, punt return last twenty five seconds. So shout out Jones for that one. Shout out. Cheers, buddy. Um, New Orleans beats the Rams. Um, this team confuses me, Hayden. uh, Dude. uh, Okay. Alvin Kamara gets more than twelve touches. What happens when that happens? We win, <laughs> the, win game. the game. Oh my God. Taysom Hill. This was the most fun offense I've ever seen New Orleans ran. Like having Taysom Hill and Andy Dalton literally switch out quarterbacks the whole drive on one drive. That was 
so funny because it's like i don't even know what they're gonna do now yeah. <laughs> like Taysom hill might run it he might yeah. pass it i don't know and uh, like dalton yeah you had an amazing throw to olave but on that i don't know if you saw it, but there was like this weird reverse double reverse play that they did camaro was wide open down the sideline like i think the nearest defender was 11 yards away from him that's how wide open he was <laughs> and Dalton just he looked up the field instead of looking to the left and he took a sack. So you, you still kind of suck, okay? But anytime you can beat the Rams, that is awesome because fuck yeah. the Rams. <laughs> yeah. He uh, Olave burned Jalen Ramsey, and that's when I texted you. I was like, Jalen oh, Ramsey. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh Jalen Ramsey, guess what his passer rating against was? Uh perfect. A 148.3. Close. So close. 10 off. But like, he allowed two touchdowns, six catches, and like uh, 89 yards or something like that. Yeah, it's not good. No, not good at all. Um, I also, this morning, I put a small $10 little wager on Olave being rookie of the year. uh, Because out of 10 rookie wide receiver games uh that have surpassed 100 yards receiving olave has three of them not bad not bad at all uh and he leads all rookie wide receivers in every category receptions yards touchdowns uh yards after catch and uh i think like yards of separation like this game i think he was at like a an average yards of separation was a two nine six. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's not bad. So yeah, he's the real deal. <laughs> Absolutely the real deal. Um we were we were we were kind of shunned out by a, a fun snow game. Yeah, that sucked. That snow was that was heavy though. Dude, those memes were hilarious. Those I have were... to say, Buffalo Bills fans might be like the coolest fans ever did you see like where they actually were digging out ways oh, so the players could get to the airport yeah that was awesome buffalo man you gotta be so happy for this team yeah, bill <laughs> bill's fans it's hard to beat them they yeah because that snow was crazy they said six feet, and six feet is what they fucking got. <laughs> yeah, those memes were so funny though. Like Nick Chubb in the huddle, <laughs> and it was like a snowbank, and there was like a raccoon or something. I'm like, what are those motherfuckers doing over there? <laughs> or it was what the like fuck are they doing over there? <laughs> or it was like, and it was like a a mole or something underneath the snow. Underneath and the snow, and the it was track. like Jim Nance, like uh, over it. It's like, oh, Nick Chubb. Nick He's Chubb hits the hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that so funny. Oh, that would have been such a like cool game, but I get, I get it. Player safety, complete health risk. Playing, in... it would have been unsustainable to play anyway. The snow was like you'd have to every snap, you would have to. <laughs> you'd have to get like eight people to just There's... go with snow shovels and just yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, as fun as it would have been, it would have been. It couldn't happen. You wouldn't be, even be able to play football. No, on it. So... not at all. But did you see the red zone clip of Detroit Lions in the reds? Like eat Detroit Lions in the red zone, but it was like in New York. And then 
Oh, uh, yeah, the Bills the were in the red Bills zone the red with zone the Lions. Yeah, it was yeah. just like it was so weird how it was like the Lions are in the red zone, but like, yeah, no, just, all, it was weird. Yeah, weirdest thing to happen, but yeah, really, really funny. No, definitely. Um, and oh my god, I can't believe it's already gonna be this, but uh, the Browns only have to play one more game until Deshaun Watson is uh unsuspended. They're on bye week next week, right? And then, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, bye week next week, and then they play Houston, uh, the week after. And then, oh, wait, no, 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 they play, they play the Buccaneers this week. Oh, my bad. I thought yeah. they were on bye week on week 12. Nope, never mind. Anywho, um, oh, also, one quick thing, uh, Rams are dead. Yep, um, yeah, so that could have been a fun snow game. Uh, we don't really care about that one. Uh, what a huge win for the Lions! Massive <laughs> after Dan Campbell gets his first road win, he walks into MetLife and gets his second against what people thought were a hot Giants team, but maybe they're just a hot pile of trash. Like, frauds, F words. Oh, total frauds! Like, that was terrible, man. It's the Lions, yeah. The Lions and you just come out and do that. No. Dog dog shit offense. Patriots put up twenty nine against this team. Yeah, like it was absolutely unreal. Uh, that Saquon Barkley uh, had the worst game of his season against the Lions. Does it make sense? No. <laughs> but uh, awesome to just see Dan Campbell. Love yeah. that guy. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, dude, that guy's gone, man. <laughs> Somebody has to win this game, <laughs> dude. He's so fucking bad. He's hired so many people to do the most basic level of offensive or of head coaching. Again, it's like, what do you even do? Same instance, if he had scored 18 points in this game. They wouldn't At have the had end to go to overtime. Quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. And holy. Was that Pat Sertain who got absolutely worked by Absolutely Adams? dusted. Dude, that route was nasty, though. I will say. Absolutely like, nasty. I... Dude, Adams could have army crawled into the end zone with how open he was. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Broncos. No, I agree. They got to gas him, man. It's, he, it's not working. No. It's not working. Something's got to go, and it's not your $250 million quarterback or yeah. 230 whatever. Uh, Bengals, good win. Take care of the Steelers, yeah. Yeah, TJ Watt is literally your dad, and you beat him, so that's good. That's yeah. good for you, Joe. TJ Watt did have a really good interception, though. That was cool. he, I don't even think like half the receivers in the NFL would have made and survived that catch. Yeah, Hundy. Like, that was absolutely unreal. TJ Watt is so good, man. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, Cowboys just work the Vikings. If I told you that the under had hit this game, but you would have had to take like Dallas minus 36 and a half, <laughs> what, what would your like reaction be as like a, as somewhat of a, us of a gambler? I would play, I'd bet the Vikings so hard. <laughs> If 10 and a half is too many points, 36 and a half is way too much. 
dude, like the the Cowboys. Uh, also, that fun stat. I think the Vikings are the only, or like they're the worst eight and two team, uh, for point differential because I think they're at negative two now. Yeah, but like they were also plus thirty nine or whatever. Like they were, they were plus they were. They're plus what twenty nine or plus twenty five or something like that. Like one bad game, I think. To yeah, judge but- it off that, I think is unfair. They might, with the point differential, I would even with like the positive one, I still didn't really trust him too much because Kirk can have a really bad game any times it's the playoffs or prime time. So mm-hmm. I still wouldn't trust them, but like. I'm not taking them as like, oh, they have a negative two point differential. Like it, it basically came from one game and mm-hmm. like you can have a bad, it's the NFL. You can have a bad game at any moment. Literally any so, moment. So like, yeah, eight and two, you have a negative point differential, but most of it came from one game, one bad game. And I, if anything, you want that to happen. It's like, okay, we can Let's just get forget, this out of the way. We can forget about this game. It's worse when you're in it and you lose terribly. Then it's like, oh my, like, how do we go? It's like, all right, by the third quarter, they're probably like, do you know what? We're not coming back from this. They're just outplaying us in every facet. Tony Pollard's going crazy. Let's just forget about this game, move on to next week, and start prepping for next mm-hmm. week kind of thing. So, like, I yeah, 43 looks bad, and the point differential looks bad for an eight-two game, but their their minds were probably out of it by halftime. Oh, easily. Easily so, out of it. But you know what? Uh, I still kind of have to say, you got worked. Oh, they got like, fucking... The offensive line, I swear, Kirk Cousins snapped the ball and was immediately sacked. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was nothing. Justin Jefferson didn't have, like, anything. And it's just, how do you beat the Bills in Buffalo? On, But you know what? Honestly, should have realized, that's such a... that That is such a a downfall kind of spot for them, you know, beating Buffalo like that in Buffalo. I feel like every better and gambler should have realized this is a huge letdown game. Yeah. Just because of how meaningful last week's game was to them. Yeah. They can't do two in a row. No, no. So good on Dallas. Uh, yeah. Tony Pollard. Oh my fucking God, man. (laughs) Dude. I guys. It's so fun to watch. Yeah. I played him this week. Oof. Yeah. And uh <laughs> BTSC flashbacks right there. Yeah, Ian, I played I played Ian. He had like almost two hundred points and I didn't 191, yeah. 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 I think <laughs> he had bad. he had Josh Palmer. Oh yeah, Josh Palmer also working who, too. Yeah, who we can go into next game now with uh Casey and Chargers, but um yeah, he had Josh Palmer who had like two touchdowns. Yeah, two touchdowns, like eighty yards. Yeah, he just ran it. He had Garoppolo, Pollard. Yeah, he had he had the all time team this week. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, I'll lay back and take it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Chiefs do it again. Another Travis Kelsey walk off touchdown. Basically, I know there was time left on this one, but man, that's so depressing. The Chargers were up both times against the Chiefs. And lost this year. Like, like, what is Herbert supposed to like? How do you not double cover Travis Kelsey? Kelsey? Like, who else are you covering? 
You know where the ball's going. This guy scored on you twice already. <laughs> you know where the ball's going. Why oh the fuck would Mahomes God. throw it to anyone else but Kelsey in that moment? Like, I don't care how good Derwin James is. Put Def- another guy on him. Literally. Yeah. Like, f- no. It doesn't make any sense. I. Why would you... As Just a defensive wanna... coach as well, how how is your game plan as a defensive coach not surrounding who Travis Kelsey is? Like it you've got to go sense. into your defensive room and you just gotta say, guys, do we know who Travis Kelsey is? Yeah. Well, let's just fucking make sure we hold him to a touchdown and sixty yards. Yeah. We do that, we win the game. No. No. Three touchdowns. <laughs> three touchdowns. However many receptions. And yeah, you probably got tight end one uh, that bet because Mark Andrews uh, unfortunately injured and just Ravens look so bad. Even Andrews playing, I think it's hard to catch Kelsey with oh. the way he's been playing. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Might as well just give you your twenty bucks now. Yeah. So, uh... Uh, but you know what? Maybe I can substitute Andrews for George fucking Kittle because I know we were talking about it before, but huge. Yeah, he laid the hammer down on this game. Oh, and as I was telling Jeff to uh, everyone now, but um, I had a bet. I bet Kansas City to win and for the 49ers to win. Unfortunately, I misclicked and I pressed over 43 and a, uh, 43 points for the Monday night game. And George Kittle saved me uh, $20 and won me 36 So I retained $56 because of that absolute monstrous catch and run from George Kittle and the Cardinals just looked like they were making business decisions trying to go after him so <laughs> yeah uh Jeff are the 49ers like the real deal I yeah I do think so that's all you need to fucking know because I I don't think Seattle like Seattle could make a wild card this year I think they will but they're not taking down they're not taking down the 49ers no san francisco looks like they're just that offense looks like it's gelling well mccaffrey's starting to fit in a lot more garoppolo's looking a lot more confident iuk is just like taking over wide receiver oh. one rolls from debo yeah and like but even debo the, had that exactly, amazing run 39 yard rush which is exactly like there's so many weapons on that offense and like Kittle looks like his old self and now that he's healthy which is so good to see it's just like elijah mitchell when he's healthy on limited snap counts he can be he can slice you up. Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. he, it's just, he leads the league in scrimmage yards ever since coming into the league for a fucking reason. This guy is just unbelievably talented with the way he can catch and run. Ayuk, he was always in Debo's shadows, but now he's just catching touchdown passes out of the arse. And then now yep. we all know Debo. He's just, He's a wide. He's labeled as a wide receiver, but he's a Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's labeled as a running back, but he can do what Debo does. Like that offense is just so scary. You don't need a Trey Lance to run for and be mobile. You just need a guy who can facilitate an offense. And Garoppolo, as long as he doesn't make any mistakes, that offense is going to flourish. And the defense just has to be average for this team to be good. They put up thirty-eight points. Like, yes, that's and even against a team. Like Arizona, like they're not that, they're not that good. Like yeah. uh, I'll be the first one to say they're not the team that uh, people were thinking. Like how they'd be super good, 
And what I said, I think Seattle could overtake them. I didn't think it'd be like this. I thought it'd be like, oh, Arizona has three wins. Seattle has four. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it just, it, it just proves my point. Like Arizona, not a good team. San Francisco, Super Bowl contender with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo runs that offense so well. I hate how people say they want someone is... else like a Trey Lance when it's like all you need is a competent quarterback. I get it. Garoppolo can fold in some big moments, but Garoppolo's gotten you to a Super Bowl. I'd say it was more or less your defense who let you down against Kansas City because look at the next year. Yeah. Look at who absolutely destroyed Kansas City. A great defense. Yeah. So. And, um, you know what? Never mind. I uh, forget what I was going to say. <laughs> but, um, like, Trey Lance is the more fun and entertaining watch because he's athletic. The, he's the player of the 20s now. If you're athletic, you're going to be fun to watch. But, yep. Jimmy Garoppolo is just like, what? Oh, this is what I was gonna say. He's like fifty-seven and twenty-four or something like that as a forty-nine uh, starter. Like that's really good. Yeah, he wins with them. So at this point, I'm back on like Garoppolo. Like, don't change what's not broken yet. See how exactly. this team works into Run the it playoffs. into the ground, and they're starting to heat up at the at a good time. Yes, but that is week eleven. <laughs> All right. Um, this episode is getting long, so I don't really have much else besides our game of the week. And it's not really much of a game. It's more so a draft. So there's no surprises here. I'm not surprising Hayden in any way because he had to prepare for this as well. And I want to do something fun. A sports moment draft. Sports moments. What are some that stick out to you? What are some of your favorite sports moments? They can be on an iconic level or a personal level um it doesn't really matter there's no really wrong answers here um there might be some, all your answers it'll be where it's like oh i'm surprised you picked that one over this one whatever that might be the only surprises but nonetheless there's so many to choose from so we'll go through some honorable mentions that we maybe left off but like there is so many so and many um, like I have one that's probably not an iconic sports moment, but to me, it's one that just sticks out to me in my head that I just, it was one of the greatest days of my life. So, um, I don't know how you want to pick who goes first. Um, you want to do a coin flip? I'll do a uh, Siri, Siri heads or tails. Heads. Siri heads or tails. Fucking. <laughs> Siri, heads or tails? It's heads. Oh, right. let's go. <laughs> All right. Um, do you want a snake or just go back and forth? I guess two two mallets just go back and forth. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty good. alternate. Uh alternate. well. And five picks? Know. Five picks each? Five? Yeah, we can do five. Five is good. And then we'll go through some honorable mentions. Sounds good. Let me just. My Google Docs has just crashed. Uh, I Love do that. have. I know what my. I know what my like. Number one is, but I just I want to be prepared. That way I don't get fucked by you. Um. Let's see. Let's see if I can do this. Joe trying to entertain people. 
Do 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 Scooby do Scoot do do. Okay, okay, we're back. For you folks, that entertainment will cost twenty five bucks. Boom. Okay. The one one I feel like, as both of us, has to be the golden goal. That was my number two. That was but, your number two. Yeah. Bruh, what is your number one? Actually, I know what your number one's going to be. It's my number two. My number one is The Miracle on Ice. Ah, that was actually my number three. 1980 Olympics, a bunch of college idiots making the U.S. Olympic team. And as a Canadian, yes, it goes against the grain of the rivalry. But it's one of the most iconic sports moments of all time, if not number one like a bunch of college students beating the best hockey team in the world is in the Olympics. Just, it was, it's iconic and it's my favorite movie called miracle. Kurt Russell um, starring in that is, yeah, that's my, uh, that was my number one miracle on ice, but the golden goal was my number two. So uh, throw it back to you. All right. Well, with that one, um, since that was my number three, I'll go with the number two. Um, 28 to three. Yeah. Uh, the same not, top three We're the same top three. Like Just... not only is it the best comeback in all of football, but it is the greatest comeback. <laughs> like the stakes to that were yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah, it had so many things going too, like the strip sack from Dante Hightower, the catch from Edelman, the catch from Julio Jones, the three touchdowns from James White. Yep. So many things were happening. And yeah, it was a it was a crazy game. Tale of two emotions from me. I was heavily depressed in the first half, and the next thing you know, I'm like You're like the I'd, happiest fucker on earth. Yeah, it was it was such a weird day for me, but it ended off on a good note. Um, so since my top three are gone, I'm gonna go to more of a personal pick rather than level of how iconic it is across the sports world, and that is the Canucks slaying the dragon game seven, Burroughs OT winner. It was just Canucks have never been able to get over the hump against the fucking Chicago Blackhawks. And Chicago defending Stanley Cup champions absolutely worked the Canucks the year before. We've never been able to get past this team. We win the President's Trophy. We get Chicago in the first round. Everyone's like, fuck, are you kidding me? We go up 3-0 in the series. We're on cloud nine right now. We lose three straight games, including a couple games giving up six and seven goals against. And we're like, Mm -hmm. there is no way. We are losing this game. We are winning. Chicago ties it up late. For fuck's sakes. Uh We can't get past them. Luongo, just like the golden goal, makes a beautiful post-to-post save. Saving the team. And then Alex Burrows. Just electrifying. It was just, it was one of the best days of my life. So in terms of how iconic it is across sports, Probably not too high, but for me, Vancouver sports fan. But for me, it lives in it lives on in here forever, and it'll be one of the best days of my life. So that's my second pick: is Canucks slaying the dragon. All right, that's that's a great one. 
obviously. Um, well, I'm going to diversify it here and uh, not go hockey, not go football. But there was a run in Canadian sports that had never been done before. And it started off very easy. But then the second round, game seven, 90 to 90. Who you giving the ball to to shoot your final shot as a Toronto Raptor? Give it to Kawhi. That two-pointer, watching, watching that fall. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Like, I cheered. I feel like I cheered more watching that shot fall down than I did when, like, the Raptors won. Like, obviously, going up against Golden State is like a different beast in itself but it's golden it was golden state without kd you know it wasn't like it was it was it was amazing but that shot was just so good like you could you could literally take a picture of any angle of that shot and you could like that'd be a million bucks dude it felt like it was bouncing on the rim for like five minutes literally and then it just fell in so gracefully. Like you a shot hurt on the world, man. It was you get the whole oh by the announcer. Like it was amazing. Yeah. It was I was a crazy I was in Leo's watching that. It was wild. I was in Earl's and we literally Earl stopped, like everything in Earl stopped to watch that. Yeah, that was crazy. Like of how close it came down to it. And it's like everyone stopped. No servers were running. No bartenders were like bartending and no cooks were cooking and nobody was eating. Everyone was watching it. It was sick. Yeah. It was wild. Um, my third pick. Tiger winning the 2019 Masters. That I had that on my top uh top six. That is just when everyone counted him out, he just comes back and surges on. One of the best videos or photos, as well as the Kawhi shot. Is seeing him walk up 18 and the entire fucking world behind it's him. Just watching him. Yeah. And just when everyone counted him out, he just wins the best major in golf, the best tournament in golf. Uh, so Tiger 2019 Masters. Pretty easy pick there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now that's three to three. Um three solid picks each. Oh, maybe I'm, I may have lost people with the Canucks Slay of the Dragon, but that's on a personal level. But three solid picks, in my opinion, for each. Uh, uh I feel like I can go this one. Uh, I'm gonna have to. This is for the old heads, Paul. If you're listening, this one's for you. Give me Muhammad Ali knocking down Liston, that iconic photo of oh. him just staring down at him like. You could put that up anywhere, and anyone's like, "Oh, that's Ali knocking down the." Yeah, like, it's such a good photo. <laughs> you want to talk just, about a photo you can auction off for a million bucks? It's fucking that one. It's that one. Yeah, no. Uh, like, obviously, Muhammad Ali, greatest boxer of all time, no question. You know, Mike Tyson. Yeah, he has his resume, but no one was ever as good. No one has ever been better. You could make a case for even Mayweather, but Ali. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, Hundy. For sure. Um for my pick. Going over to the Diamond. Okay. Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs 2016 World Series. 
Hadn't won one since the Titanic fucking sank. <laughs> and they got one in just great fashion. It was everyone was paying attention to the storyline. It was a uh, it was an iconic sports moment because such a beloved team across baseball, across the world, iconic team. You have the original six in hockey, and Chicago's is just one of those teams, the Cubs. And seeing them win a World Series after that length of time between was such a cool moment to see, even for someone who hadn't gotten into baseball yet. Mm-hmm. No, it was awesome just following that whole story yeah. and that whole season. No, I agree. I saw that, and I was like, yeah, that is a pretty cool sports moment. But I, I don't know if I could write it down for mine, like, just because I'm, I'm not that much of a baseball fan. Yeah, Hundy. But, man, I have so many to kind of go through here. Yeah, there's... I feel like they're so good. Yeah, there's a ton. I um, have one that stood out to me immediately, but I might be uh, reaching with it. But go ahead. I mean, uh, fuck, I could say the exact same. Like, the one that's... The one that stands out for me, like I'll always remember where I was watching this, and it didn't mean anything, but 2015 was a an electrifying year for one one man coming from Louisiana to New Jersey. Eli Manning passes it up, and the whole world watches on Sunday Night Football. Like, this catch has started just everything for one-handed catches in the NFL. Oh, yeah, Odell. Like, his body contortion, his three fingers just holding the ball. Odell Beckham Jr., I remember exactly where I was. I was on my couch at home alone. My dad was out. Can't remember where my dad was, but I was watching that game alone. And when I saw that, I... like. I jumped out of my seat. I was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I had never seen anything like that before. I'd never, like, yeah. No, that started the, the whole fad for me trying to do any one-hand catches ever. And it's all thanks to Odell. Yeah. That catch, I still think, is one of the greatest catches I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it cemented itself as just so iconic. Um. My last pick for honorable mentions, the team that was almost relegated. Yes, I'm going to the pitch. Leicester City winning the EPL after being almost relegated out of the EPL the year prior. They are, they were, they changed betting forever. Mm -hmm. Like they were like 5,000 to one or like something like that to win the EPL. Someone threw like a hundred bucks on it and just he's living now. He's swimming in cash after that win. It was a storyline because football, like football, soccer, however you want to call it, their seasons go on for what it feels like two years in one. It feels like it goes on. So that storyline following it was just so memorable to watch. And it was crazy. And seeing them win the EPL amongst the best was really cool so and um it was a pretty iconic sports moment sports memory so i got lester winning the epl 
No, that's good. Those what do you all, got? These are all fucking good moments, man. Yeah, those are. <laughs> Sports are awesome, man. They are. What do you got as some honorable mentions? Uh, my top honorable mention. Uh, I had it in my top five, but just the way the vibe was going. Uh, Tennessee versus USC Rose Bowl. Yeah. Uh, that was like college football has never been the same i feel like since that reggie bush like amazing um another one was this one was a personal one but i knew you were never gonna pick it uh ambush new orleans versus indianapolis in the super bowl this would maybe mean more to me if i was really a fan of football back then but in 2009 i wasn't worrying about anything like that and then Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. No mm-hmm. one will ever beat that record. <laughs> I have one that I just thought about that I probably should have impacted. What? Uh, Malice at the Palace. Malice at the Palace? Oh, you haven't heard about that? It was no. basically Ron Artest, Meta World Peace, um, fought fans and it was search up mouse at the palace there's a documentary on it it's one of the craziest moments to ever happen in sports um i have kobe's last game dropping a 60 piece at uh staples center um buster douglas knocking out mike tyson um that was a big one around the world uh malcolm butler's malcolm butler interception on the goal line mm-hmm and then a uh, little sneaky UFC one, McGregor uh, holding two belts at once. That was um, that was big. So I thought that was a cool little draft to do. Maybe that post is. a gra- maybe post a graphic about it <laughs> um, this week. But Hayden, we've been going long enough. Uh, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Hayden underscore Barton. And TikTok at HBart13. You can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.Lefave, on Twitter at JevinLefave. Find anything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LeftSideHeavy underscore. And be sure to subscribe to the YouTube Left Side, Left Side Heavy and rate us everywhere you get your podcast. It really helps grow the show. We will see you next week with a regular episode and a KB&R that we don't know what we're doing for it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, we will see you next week. Enjoy the episode. Peace.